Welcome to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, professional fractional CMO for B2B companies and host of the podcast. I'm deeply committed to transforming the world through technology, one company at a time. So stick with me until the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest with just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. I'm glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the CEO and Founder Magic podcast. After a little bit of a hiatus, I'm thrilled today to be back with Andres Klerich. Uh, Got a great company, Fuse. Andres, tell us a little bit about it. Hey, Sheila, good morning. Uh, What we do is we sell software to lenders, right? Like, uh, think about it as a as a source of true and record uh, for like all lending done by an, uh, by a, uh, either a bank, a credit union, or a finance company. Up to this point, uh, most most of our partners were served by legacy players, private equity owned lenders, and we've uh, we come with a solution that is heavy on integrations. Essentially, they are able to partner with solutions that today they need to pay to place or pay the the technology providers they have to do so. With us, they don't have to. Um, it empowers non-technical teams to do things uh, via low-code, no-code tools, and it has dashboards that helps agents uh, uh, essentially underwrite loans in a way that's much more efficient and effective uh, than the current providers in the space. That's exciting. It sounds like you're really innovating in the credit union and bank space by providing a technology solution that works really differently than legacy solutions. So how did you get the idea for it? Well, it, it it really we kind of stumbled into it in a in a very in a very fortunate way. We started our business originally as a direct to consumer brand. We're helping people find better car loans, uh, so refinancing and things like that. And uh, little by little, our the the lenders to which we were partnering with and whom we were sending uh, selling loans to, they started asking us, "Hey guys." You you have like the the we we fund you the fastest. It's always it's always clean, no problems with your loans. Out of curiosity, what type of loan origination technology are you utilizing? To which we replied, it's an internal tool we built. And, and at that point, like we started socializing the idea of perhaps selling them software instead of selling them loans. And we decided to make the decision as an organization to move in that direction. That the real opportunity uh, for us was to become a software provider versus a being a direct consumer brand. And it's been an amazing journey. It was not an easy decision, but uh, looking back into it was probably one of the best decisions of our lives. Oh, that's exciting. So so how did you make that decision? And uh, a big pivot in a business is always a challenge, but based on what's happening in the market and what you're hearing, you know, yeah. it, t- it sounds like you took that risk. And that's something that gives a lot of founders and CEOs mm-hmm. pause. They've probably been through something similar. Uh, but yeah. just walk us through that particular pivot yeah no pivoting is never easy right like first and foremost it, the, the the team's composition is going to change right so you need to convey to the existing team that you're thinking about going in a different direction and kind of uh, and be very com- uh, very clear on like where where things are going as founders too you need to see if the composition of the founding team is still ideal uh, based on what what you're trying to build right like the, ch- the roles are going to change a little bit, right? Before we were a direct consumer, now we're uh, our, our, our go-to-market motion is very uh, focused on like enterprise sales. So like, so who's going to lead that? Is it going to be Michael Collins? Is it going to be me? 
uh, who's going to uh, lead uh, on product and tech and marketing? How are we going to think about all of those things? And at the same time, keeping your investors in the loop that like you're thinking about all of this, right? You need you need to kind of renew your vows with your team, with your founding team, and at the same time, make a very strong case to your investors uh, that, that that what you're doing is even better than what you were doing before, right? So uh, it's not just uh, shoot from the hip. It, 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 it's in essence a you kind of need to earn back their dollars uh, from the investors. And as founders, you need to really be, I would say a, 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 a multiple times more confident than you were in the prior experience uh, to actually go in that direction. But it, it, it is, there's a method to it, right? Like there's a lot of uh, testing is how many contracts you can get, how, how much velocity and momentum you can you can get with the new idea uh, and, and before you, you, you jump into it. Yeah, because it's a relaunch of the whole business. So you've got to basically yeah. go to market to your investors and to your team and to all of your stakeholders and, and reposition the business. Um, exactly. And so so what do you think was most important about that story that you told during that pivot? I think first and foremost is the fact that we were, the client base was the same. The only difference that instead of selling them loans the product was technology so we it was not a pivot into like a completely different industry in which uh we were untested as founders it was essentially like partnering with the same set of uh same set of lenders and expanding our network uh rapidly right so like the proof point was where you are revenue if you stay within within the prior business or where you can you get a revenue uh, as a software business and then once we started signing like uh, pure SaaS uh, customers, it became a no-brainer, right? Like the the nature of a SaaS business, uh, the recurring nature of revenue, and just how critical of a product we were building. We were from like just one more provider of loans to being like a critical piece of the tech stack of our of our partners, right? So uh, for the banks it, and the credit unions, exactly. It became quite obvious that we were. Uh, uh, you, we were not one more. We were the partner from like the technological solutions that they were uh, seeking. Because they just don't have the resources of bigger banks and and products yeah. and all of that. That's that's really yeah. powerful. So, so what are some of the things that you learned through that process? I mean, it's the process of pivoting. Uh, I would say first and foremost is uh, just over communicate. I mean, they people will say that, but. It, I cannot stress enough how important we, we kept our investors on a weekly basis, kind of uh, up to date on what was happening. Uh, same thing with our employees. Um, and in essence, like we were also trying to, we, we set a, a, something that was also very important was to set a specific timeline to when we were going to pivot. Because I think sometimes uh, founders, especially venture, venture back uh, founders like us, you can get comfortable thinking, oh, we have plenty of runway, there's no rush, we've, we've raised a lot of money. So, and, and that's kind of getting getting complacent is one of, could be one of the biggest mistakes because ultimately like you're, the biggest pressure you have as a founder is your time, right? So like thinking that you can just take way more time to just uh, come to a decision could like be a uh, double-edged sword, right? Like, of course, you can make a decision in a week, but mm -hmm. taking years to do so, it, it's just a disservice to yourself and your investors. Those are good insights. So how did you get into this? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I, I come from a family that has been in the auto space forever. My grandfather was a race car driver. 
my dad had worked for uh, auto companies uh, for a lot of his periods of his career. And my first job out of high school, selling cars. I paid for college selling cars. And then I spent 10 years on Wall Street as an investor in tech, in tech and business services. So I, I've seen a couple of the businesses that we're competing against today. And they're formidable competitors, right? But at the same time, I also see like the shortcomings that they have and things that we can do better than them, right? And uh, I had the fortune of meeting my co-founder eight years ago. We met at Harvard. We were both MBAs there. And my, and he's incredibly technical. Uh, he knows really, uh, he's product obsessed. So that combination of two MBAs that are very focused on this space has been, uh, I would say like, one of the luckiest uh, moments in my professional career. Yeah, those connections make mm -hmm. all the difference. Yeah, indeed. That's wonderful. Well, not unlike finding your uh, life partner in, for a marriage, finding the right partner for a business is critical. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that experience, you know, as a founder and as a CEO, how important it is the people that you choose to develop the business with? Oh, it's everything. I mean, this is these are the people you're going to need to spend the most time in your life, right? Like, uh, and 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 they the the good days and the bad days trickle into your personal life, right? So you might as well really build it with someone you trust. You don't have to be friends. I mean, frankly speaking, my father and I we were not friends in business school, but like we had we have the utmost respect for each each other's capabilities and trust, like. Whenever he tells me I want to do A because B is C and D and like the rationale and how he explains that things to me, I think that that's kind of like why you build it with those people, with them, right? Because I, I see the level of detail that he brings and like the things that we kind of complement of each other, that's fundamental, right? And being able to like tell it, look at each other in the face and be like, you messed up or you did great, both things uh, rise to the occasion in terms of like transparency. Is, is is something that as founders you 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 must have. You cannot really compromise on that ability to look at each other in the eye and see and tell each other what's what are the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, so insightful. Well, um, we just have a couple of minutes left. Tell us a little bit more about what you would share uh, if you had it to do all over again. You know, our goal is to try to help mm -hmm. CEOs and founders get to their. Yeah. Uh, their their end goal faster by learning from others. So what uh, what other tips or strategies would you share? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a venture back founder, right? So it's very different kind of like the, the velocity at which you need to go, like the demands of the market and all of that. So I, I'm speaking from that experience, right? I've, uh, I'm, I haven't been a bootstrap type of founder, but I would say uh, always uh, keep the channel open of communication if things are well or things are not, like really keep them in the loop. Uh, try to find someone to build a comp the company with. I, I really don't, uh, I, I did spend a couple months doing solo what we're doing today and bringing that that second mind was just fundamental. Just the, the chance of success, like really multiply. And and by virtue of doing so, it's it's fine to share equity and all those things. I think that that's, that's it, 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 I'd rather share Something of something big and uh, something like that never really pans out, and and it really makes their journey so much better. Um, and it sounds VC, like you're very uh, insightful about your different skills and what you bring. Exactly. I so I think having that self awareness is really important too. Yeah, and, and I think it needs to keep keep it kind of small. I wouldn't do it more than two or three co-founders. I think that once you get that, if it gets if it, if it fits too many people, then like. 
uh, the incentives kind of erode and like uh, like the outside returns that you have as a founder kind of, kind of look a little bit smaller, right? So important to kind of think about it that that way. And uh, as far as inve uh, inve uh, finding investors, I mean, it's really like a CRM, right? Like you need to really like spend the time. Uh, once you kind of found, find the idea and you're committed to the idea, you need to find investors that actually spend time on that space and have it backed companies that are, look a lot like you so that you can speak the language, right? Otherwise, it's not really about finding rich people or like deep pocketed investors. It, it needs to really be suitable for your space. Otherwise, you're going to spin on your wheels a lot. Then like you're going to be very frustrated with the, with the fundraising process. Yeah. Well, and they can help more. If they know more about your industry, they're going to yeah. feel better about their investment and they're going to be able to advise you and they're going to be able to celebrate your wins more because they know the environment. Such good insight. Well, Andres, it's been fantastic having you on the podcast. Such good insights for our uh, listeners. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, particularly if uh, it's a bank or a credit union, uh, how would they get in touch with you? They can look look for me on LinkedIn. I, I always try to respond pretty fast or my email at andres at fusefinance.com. Those are kind of like the best uh, places to, to find me. Great. Well, Andres, thank you so much for sharing your insights and being on our podcast today. Uh, please reach out to Andres. He's got so much good information. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to CEO and Founder Magic the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. If you felt like this podcast interview captured your story, would you share it on social media? It's easy. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social account. Be sure to use hashtag CEO founder magic and tag anyone you think would be a great guest. I love to see your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to be sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe and we'll be excited to have you listen. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. And if you know of other business to business company CEOs who have compelling stories and who might like to be on this program as well, please visit keo.bz slash book today. That's keo.bz slash book today. And if you want to know more about our fractional CMO program, just go to our website, do a, a search on services for fractional CMO, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at KEO Marketing. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm Sheila Klepkorn, and it's been a pleasure having you on CEO and Founder Magic.